Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Mass Mayhem. This is episode 17. I am one of your hosts, TFG and Mike. Joining me is Toon Master Tim. Hello, Mike. Good to be back Hello. again this week. Uh, that's right. Uh, what's going on with you? Oh, we've just been so busy uh, doing lots of yard work. Uh, my wife bought some plants recently, so we spent uh, basically the morning yesterday planting those in the backyard after taking what we planted just a few months ago out and turning the soil over, putting down some uh, more topsoil and stuff. It was, it was just a lot of work. I don't see how anything can grow in this godforsaken heat. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it, anyway, it is so humid today. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying inside. I'm not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not going out there. Yeah, it's just, it's just uh, it's so if humid here. I didn't have here. to take the... Yeah, if I didn't have to take the dog out, I'd be in, inside all day long. <laughs> yeah, I just wish it would rain already and cool all off right. a little bit. Yeah, really. Uh, we need a week. A week of thunderstorms. That's what I want. Anyway, um, a little background on episode 17. Uh, during the two-year hiatus, I had at one point, I was like, okay, I'm just going to watch all of these episodes in one block and then... You know, financial matters hit, and I had to get rid of the DVD set. So I had already watched. Granted, this was about a year and a half ago. I had watched these the episodes that are in episodes seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, uh, and twenty of the podcast. Wow! Um, so I already have. I didn't have to grab any clips this time. All the clip, all the audio is already done. Uh, so that you know, and all my notes were done. But when I was going back uh, on some of the ones for today. I found myself noticing stuff that I didn't on the initial watch through, 
I mean, I, I mean, I was, I was, I was actively taking notes then, and th this time around, I was kind of watching it again to see if my notes were still accurate. They are, but there are also more of them now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. It gives us more things to say about the episodes. Uh, yeah, there is that. Because so, sometimes it is it's hard to find a lot to talk about. It well, it, it's hard to find good things to talk about this show because it's just not good. Um, I do want to uh, <laughs> I do want to give a shout out uh, from Twitter to I'm trying to see where this conversation started um, uh, from uh, Duffsman or Duffsm 1981 on Twitter uh, Colin Duff he says uh, at TFT Mike at Agents of Mask T Bob is great the hero of Mask he always saves the day. Um, and so he and I had a conversation back and forth, back and forth. And of course, my defense is T-Bob is the worst character in the 80s or whatever. And he says, you deluded fool, T-Bob is awesome and the real star of the show. <laughs> um, now this other organization, I believe they're a podcast. I believe they're trying to get like a, a fan-made mask movie done, Agents of Mask. Okay. Um. Uh, they reply to us saying, T-Bob and Scott, the, the episodes where T-Bob and Scott actually help the mission in their own way are the best. Very few, though. <laughs> so, that was an interesting, now that the show's kind of back, I can kind of start, you know, arguing with people over how horrible these two characters are. Um, I really do think at one point I'm going to do a TuneCast Beyond, uh, either TuneCast Beyond or GeekCast Radio Countdown. The top ten worst '80s cartoon kids and sidekicks, because I can already tell you, T. Bob and Scott are going to be my number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. All right, so we're going to get into the episodes today. After this, let's see if we can learn why anyone would steal that skull. Mask Computer. Present available data on the Crystal Skull. Discovered during archaeological dig in Central America. Possible artifacts of ancient Mayan Indians. Those Mayans were really smart. Really knew how to put their heads together. Some legends claim that anyone who looks through the eyes of the skull can see through solid objects. Alright, first up today is The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, starring Shia... Oh, wait, no, this is the <laughs> 80s. I, I'm sorry. Um, I'll say this, though. Eyes of the Skull, a uh, hell of a lot better than Indiana Jones 4. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now. All right. So the description, Venom leader Miles Mayhem uses an ancient crystal skull which allows x-ray vision to see through matt tracker's mask and discover his identity mayhem then kidnaps scott tracker for ransom dun 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 uh my plot notes finally california we finally have some stateside stuff oh damn time that won't last long though um i honestly can't help but feel that this should have been the final episode of the season or the series Granted, it has the whole destroy it and things return to normal, but still, it really felt like once once Miles figured out that Matt Tracker was the leader of Mask, and that's one thing I've never really gotten about this series, how is it that 
Matt knows who Miles is. And I know that there's some other continuity or some other prequel thing that's out there that stated that they were, you know, they worked together at some point or another. Um, oh, and okay. I think it might, I, I, I think it might have said that in the first, uh, in the first episode of the cartoon series, but it just, it it's always bugged me that, that Matt knows who Miles is, but Miles never finds out who Matt is. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I had not heard that before. So. Uh, what were your uh, thoughts on the plot, sir? Uh, well, like you said, I, I really uh, thought it was cool that they used the skull in that manner to find out the identity of the mask members. Um, so that, that leads them to kidnap Scott. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I thought uh, that was an interesting dynamic they added to this one. Uh, of course, there was an auction in the beginning of the episode to auction off the crystal skull, and they're really not auctioning off for that much money, are they? I mean, it starts off like around sixty or seventy thousand. I'm I didn't write down the amount exactly, but it didn't seem like that much. And T. Bob was raising his hand, kind of fighting with Scott. So, yeah, it it ended yeah. up being a hundred and ten thousand dollars because T. Bob was being stupid as usual. And, you know, Scott even told him at one point, put your hand down. They're thinking you're bidding. He didn't say that in that, that's so many words, but he did tell him to put his hand down. And it just, it ended up being $110,000, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Before it disappeared. It, it didn't seem like much, given that this was, you know, an ancient, priceless artifact with this great power. I... It may not in like you know today's standards. It, you know this something like this might go for five, ten, fifteen million dollars, but one hundred and ten thousand dollars in the eighties seems like it was a lot more then than it is now. Yeah, well, that's true. So, uh, anything else on the plot? Um, no, we we had uh, several puns, of course, you know, uh, since they're at an auction, T-Bop says something like, I'll just bid you farewell. I mean, the writers are trying very hard to squeeze in some puns here. <laughs> you know, there, there are head puns because we're dealing with the skull. Because the skull is crystal, there are some glass puns. They're just scattered throughout, and it's they're just cringeworthy. Yes, yes they are. Like most of this series is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's turn on the high beams after this. Mask team, move in. So for the high beams, now, I don't necessarily reflect my score on what, on how many high beams I write down versus how many low beams I write down. Yeah. But sometimes it it, it is more than the others. It, or you know sometimes there's more high beams than low beams sometimes there's more low beams than high beams and usually I'll kind of bottleneck the score around that um I was really surprised going back looking at my notes and even as I watched this of how many other high beams I wrote down as I rewatched it you know to be fresh for this recording um uh so first first one mysterious crystal skull up and vanishes it it just poof it's gone uh uh, as much as i hate the character i did find t-bobs i guess i really fell for that pun i found that kind of funny um (laughs) uh it only took 40 episodes but mayhem finally knows that matt tracker is the leader of mask 
Uh, yeah, that that was an interesting twist. I I didn't know what power the skull was going to have, and so when he was able to see the identity of Matt, and then he also uh, he also saw Bruce under the mask, but he didn't know who it was. Yeah, he saw Bruce, but he didn't know who it was. Yeah, but he, um, he knew it was Matt Tracker. Um, I guess because Matt is so renowned and well known, and you know he has this yeah. multi million dollar, who yeah. knows what, a business or something. So he's well yeah. known throughout the globe. I, I would say Matt Tracker is. I know a lot of people are going to either scream, shout, or drop, or throw their iPhones, iPads, iP- iPods, whatever. When I say this, but. I would say Matt Tracker is the Iron Man of the 80s, or is the Iron Man of of this cartoon. He is the Tony Stark, because he's really a, phil- a philanthropist more than anything else. He doesn't really... It's never really said how he's amassed this fortune, if it was something that was passed down to his father, uh, or from his father, I should say. Um, but, I mean... He donates a lot to charity. He he's in every piece of the pie on the entire globe. Uh, so I would say he's more into philanthropy than anything else. So I don't think he really has an actual job other than being the leader of Mask. Yeah, I, I don't. I think that's a good way to look at it. Uh, I don't think uh, people are going to come after you with pitchforks and torches over that uh, comment. Well, but... The, the the Tony Stark the Iron Man aspect considering you know Tony's rich and yeah I I can see Tony's you, a drunk even 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 though Matt's not a drunk but yeah right I can I can see you drawing those similarities um, I thought you were going to say the Bruce Wayne but he probably has more similarities with some a character like Iron Man or Tony Stark yeah yeah well because the the, the other thing is you know these aren't co- the, these are more jumpsuits. Or, you know, the, the, these really aren't, yeah, you know, bat-like costumes or bird-like costumes or, you know, I mean, so, you know, Tony just kind of felt a little bit easier to compare. Um, uh, finally, a line that Matt says that I can actually laugh at, hey guys, I'm just hanging around down here. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. And then the... Um, I, sometimes I'll write the PSAs down in either the good or the bad moments. It just depends. Uh, I wrote it down in the good moment because I, I was I wasn't raised in the era of oh my god, you better not snitch on me or I'll shoot you or I'll be this whole thing of people think that other people are snitching on them. I wasn't raised in that era. I was raised to the point where. If something bad is happening, you call somebody and let somebody know, whether that be the police, whether it be the fire department, whether it be an ambulance, whether it be your parents, whoever it is. You know, if you see something that doesn't seem right to you going on, you call somebody, you call an adult. Um, So I kind of enjoyed the PSA for, you know, you better call the police. Yeah, I Um, I did too. That that was okay. I I like that. The one line I I had issue with was even if you're not sure anyone is doing anything wrong, it doesn't hurt to call. Um, I I know what they were going for, but it Mm -hmm. came off sounding like it was delivering a message that, you know, was maybe going to, it wasn't coming off as they intended, perhaps. Um, You know, I I know what they're saying is that if you suspect there's 
something wrong or foul play or some sort of emergency, call the police. Um, mm. But uh, just calling them for everything, I think you do need to be somewhat cautious about that. Oh yeah, no, and see, I I I I read it more so like, um, like there are times where I've had to call the police because my neighbors are being too damn loud, you know, at night, and it's like I'm not gonna sit here and have my blinds open at eleven o'clock at night because I wouldn't be able to see what the hell they're doing anyway. But if I can hear people screaming at the top of their lungs and arguing for forty five minutes, and it's disturbing my peace in my apartment, you damn right I'm gonna call the police. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so I, I kind of got what they were going for, but I see what you mean as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that what what you're saying is that's exactly what they what they intended, and, and I think yeah. that's how most people would interpret it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What uh, what, what else did you like about this one? Rax. Uh, he was funny in this one. His line, can't lose the little garbage can, as T-Bot was chasing him down the street. So I thought that was really funny. <laughs> Um, and I also like the ending where T-Bob falls and he falls right into Alcatraz prison. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Because that's where they wanted to go. Uh, I guess that's he and he T-Bob, or he and Scott wanted to see Alcatraz. No, Scott didn't want to see Alcatraz. T-Bob wanted to see Alcatraz. Okay, so he, so he gets to see it. Yeah, except he gets imprisoned in it. <laughs> um... Anything else for high beams? Nothing for high beams, so let's move on to low beams. All right, here we go. T-Bob, are you okay? Uh, I guess I really fell for that. All right, I actually only have two. I'm surprised that I only have two. Even after watching it again, I only have two. Um, now, I, this was... Oh, oh, this was because Mayhem puts the skull on and sees the numbers from where... When Dagger opened the vault, there were no numbers to read anywhere. Like, I think that was the the keypad. The the keypad. Like, there there were no numbers on that keypad at all. Um, I feel like I'm in Alcatraz. I don't get to do anything. Quit your fucking whining, Scott. Mm-hmm. He knows nothing about what it's like to be in jail or real or a real life prison. Like, oh my god, I want to. That kid needs a good belting. Oh, that's what he does. I mean, he's he's just uh, there to get into trouble. God. What about you for low beams? Uh, I only had a couple as well. I've already mentioned the puns. Uh, that was that was mm-hmm. one of them. But uh, T Bob is not going to be able to outmaneuver and keep up with Rax's bike. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> Um, and I wish that they had been a little more creative with regards to how they recovered the skull. Um, it was kind of cool <laughs> that they were meeting Venom on the bridge to make the exchange. And I kept wondering, okay, well, how are they going to do this? And the way they were supposed to uh, destroy the skull was for it to see its own reflection. So I was kind of wondering, okay, well, how are they going to do that as well? But basically, T-Bob just extends his arms out and takes it for miles. That was kind of a cheap way to get out of that. Well... Yeah, but the whole point of that was, hey, let's play football with it. Yes, yeah. they they do end up playing like a two hand touch version of football, trying to get the trying to get the skull away from each other. And then Matt, as he's holding on to it, uh, you know, somehow T Bob can shine his mirror up at a weird angle of where Matt is, and, and the skull sees itself and 
and kablooey. Um, I think it's very convenient for the plot that if the skull destroys itself, it also erases the memory of wh whoever used it. See, I think they did that wrong as far as, like, I thought you had to... Not necessarily that I want the skull to blow up in Miles Mayhem's hands, but, like, when he's actually holding it, but, like, I thought the way that they had, had explained it was that the person, whoever had, had, had seen through it, their memory would be erased, but I thought it was more so that they had to have the skull in hand than, than it just blowing up on a random street. I don't know. Okay, yeah. That... I, I wish they had done something a little different with that too, because yeah, at the at the end when it does explode, they're basically standing on the bridge, going, "Hey, how do we end up here? Where are we?" And then they just decide to take off. Yep. All right. So for me in this one, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I, I I cannot stand Scott and his constant. It wasn't T Bob was actually funny this time. I, I will say this is one the probably one of if the only episode I don't know that I actually didn't find T Bob too annoying. But Scott was just oh my god, a whiny little bitch in this. Uh, I'm gonna give this three masks out of five. because uh, there were too many puns. There were there was that moment with Scott. Um but other than that, I did, you know, it's a, it's a middle-of-the-road episode. The plot was fairly decent. It was executed fairly good, well, and all that. What about you for this one? I, too, enjoyed this one. I could have given it a higher rating had they done a little more at the end uh, mm -hmm. with the skull. Uh, as it was, it still wasn't a bad episode. It was entertaining, and um, I feel it's deserving of a three. So three masks. All right. Alright, we are going to move on to the next episode after this. And then we hurried back here as fast as we could, Dad. You mean as fast as I could? I almost blew a gasket. Now things are beginning to make sense. I don't get it, Dad. The machine you saw attached to the blimp obviously has the same kind of effect as an EMP. EMP? You mean it's emergency mayhem paraphernalia? <laughs> Sorry, T-Bob. EMP means electromagnetic pulse. Oh, well, I know all about pulses. Mine's been racing all afternoon. <laughs> Not that kind of pulse, T-Bob. It's like an invisible lightning bolt hitting a transfer radio. In an instant, it melts down everything electrical. And how come the sound system still works? Vacuum tubes aren't affected by EMPs. And the sound system's loaded with them. I'll bet I know what's in Venom's engine. And their masks, too. You bet. Now it's our turn for the surprise. Alright, up next is Stop Motion. Venom obtains an EMP bomb and threatens to loot bank vaults across the country by knocking out all electronics for miles around. Oh, my God. Well, there is one good thing. This episode does take place stateside, thankfully. Thankfully, this isn't a treasure hunt. It's more of a bank... Well, it, well, it is a bank heist, but it, thankfully it isn't a damn treasure hunt in the middle of a stupid jungle somewhere. Um, yeah, speaking like, of uh, the location, it's in Indiana, uh, my home state. <laughs> Gloria actually races in the Indy 500. Yes, yes, she does. 
And oh. by the way, that is not the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. No, of <laughs> course not. Why would it be? No, <laughs> um, uh, that, that, that is kind of funny. Um, I like the plot of this one. It's it, it's interesting. It, it's always interesting to me when they insert part of the plot device to be to affect T-Bob, so you know something's really wrong if he's really going crazy um, more than his usual antics. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say that uh, T-Bob is a robot, people. Come on, writers. Get it together. T-Bob is not a human... Oh, I, I hear pulses all the time. And blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh my god, this dude is not human. That's one thing I don't like about the writing direction of this show is how they try. Certain writers will try to make T-Bob human. He's not human. He's a programmable machine. Right. Uh, I don't like that either. Um, it it doesn't annoy me every episode. Um, but, yeah, it's one of those things I wish they would just write him a little differently and stop trying to give him emotions and, you know... Uh, have him be able to feel different things. He, he's a robot. Uh, you know, he doesn't have this incredible artificial intelligence. And I think it's better, the episodes where they play it that way come off better. You know, when, when uh, Scott is just tinkering with him and making him pop popcorn or, uh, mm-hmm. you know, making him ten times faster or something, uh, I think those make for funnier moments and um, become more entertaining during the episode. Absolutely. All right, we are going to get to the high beams. You know, Dagger, maybe if we connected you up to this generator, we could charge up your brain. Nah, you'd only blow the fuse. You ought to keep your big mouth from charging, Grax. It's done charging. All right, turning on the uh, turning on the high beams here. Um, yay, the chute opened and they don't plummet to their death. <laughs> uh, I thought the episode was flowing very well. Uh, I was really enjoying it. Um, there really isn't too much wrong with this episode. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I really was enjoying this as I was watching it. Uh, the animation is spot on and. And I thought that was great. Aura versus everything else means reversal fortune for Venom. I thought that was funny. Um, the stiletto hitting hitting the tire. Now that's a funny flat. Yeah. Uh, it blew out Rax's tire. Yeah. Uh, and the PSA, yes, it is not good to pull a fire alarm when there is no fire. What does that have to do with the episode? Yeah, nothing, but uh, it, that, that's actually two PSAs back-to-back that had fire trucks in them. I believe the other episode did, too. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. What did you like about this one? As you said, uh, them being saved uh, during the fall by the parachute that Scott had given to T-Bob because he made he actually gave T-Bob extra speed, made him faster and noisier. Yeah. So, uh, which T-Bob commented on. I thought that was great. And I actually thought that whole sequence where 
Um, it's just before the commercial break, and so we're left on that cliffhanger where T-Bob and Scott are falling, and you're wondering, okay, well, what? Well, actually, it was just T-Bob that was falling. Um, what was going to happen? And Scott tells him to open up the, the parachute. So yeah. that, that was really With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Cool. Um, and I like the animation behind that, too. It looked really good because oh, yeah. when when T Bob lands, uh, he's being dragged by it. Yeah, that was funny. I like that. Yeah, so Scott tells him to use his boosters, and that helps T Bob upright. That helps him up. Well, he tells him to put his wheel down and then use his boosters, and it helps yeah. him upright, but it takes him a little while to actually get the chute back in his little backpack there. It was funny, though. It was a good scene. Yeah, so that, that was good. It was cool seeing that Scott's tinkering with T-Bob actually helped him out of a situation and saved his life. So yeah. I thought that, that tied in nicely uh, later in the episode, you know, because of that sequence. Um, there weren't as many puns this episode, which was great. Um, and we knew that Venom was behind the EMP. We, we had no yeah. doubt, but they didn't try to hide it from us. And yeah. when it came, you know, we just expected it. Um, and I was okay with that as opposed to maybe some of the other alternatives. So, uh, yeah, I was like you. I, I just sat back and enjoyed this one. I didn't have very many complaints about it. It was a pretty good episode overall. Yeah, I have two major complaints, which I can guess we can go ahead and get to those in low beams after this. Hey, huh. Ooh, what keeps those blimps up in the air anyway? They're filled with hot air, T-Bob. Filled with hot air? You mean sort of like you... Watch it, T-Bob. I saw a scrap metal yard near Alright, turning on the low beams. Why the hell would Scott grab T-Bob's hand when he is hooked to the cable? That just puts Scott in more danger. Uh, There's your PSA moment for this episode. They could have done yeah, something really. with that. Yeah, they could have, yes. Um... Every safe and bank vault combination in America, the book would have to be at least three to five times <laughs> the size of what it actually was, if that were true. I, I mean, yeah, I have this as, as a low beam too. That is just that's just ridiculous. So, folks, just don't don't even buy a safe if you don't have one, and if you have one. <laughs> Find some other means to secure your items because there is a journal with every safe combination in it somewhere in the world, and Venom is going to take it. Now, you think about this in today's standards. If they were doing this episode today, 
How many how many people are actually living in North America alone? Or just in the lower 48 states alone? You know, you you have cities with populations in the thousands, hundreds of thousands, sometimes, you know, millions. There's no way and I and I know and I and I and I make this defense, oh, but it was the 80s and there weren't that that's bull because I I'm sorry. North America is way the United States is way too big to hold all of those combinations. Right. It's just, in one in one trapper keeper because that's what it looked like a friggin' trapper keeper. Yeah, it's this very small notebook. It doesn't look like it has very many pages at all. I mean, maybe not even a hundred pages. It's, it's very thin, so it must have very tiny print, or it or there aren't that many safes in the world. But Apparently not. It's the International Safe Corporation. It, Jesus. You know what they what they could have done here? I, I think uh, to make it a little more plausible. I mean, I. Okay, what they could have done to make it a little more plausible was just have it be the safe combination to some large banks or a large bank or something. Um, and we, we could have just gone with that, but every safe... I, yeah, it is cartoon, and actually, I don't fault them too bad. A lot of cartoons do goofy things. I think it's okay to be a little bit goofy and, and go to the extreme sometimes, but I, I just thought that was a bit too far-fetched. It didn't take away from my enjoyment of the episode, though. Well, no, it didn't. I mean, it was just one moment where I was like, what the lion yeah. hell is going It's like, what, seriously? It, it's one no, of those, I mean, yeah, it's a laughable moment that kind of takes you out of the episode for a minute. Yeah. Um, for me, this episode, I really, really liked it. I think it was really well done. It, The, the book is really what keeps me from giving this a five, so I'm going to give this four out of five. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to give it three. I felt like it was kind of another middle-of-the-road episode. I did enjoy it. Um, it had a few faults, but overall it's pretty good. I mean, you know, it. Uh, I, I could probably go 3.5, but I have three down here. I, I think it's a good, solid episode. All right, we're going to move on to the final episode of the day. How do you do, Brother Nicodemus? This is my associate, Alex Sector, my son, Scott, and his friend, Tebow. Welcome, friends. I was informed you were coming. You really like living up there? <laughs> like a fish loves the water, my son. Boy, must be flying fish to get way up there. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tracker... I know you have come here to help us, but it will not be necessary. But there must be some way I can help. I can assure you there isn't. Nothing was stolen of any consequence. Now I must go. Good day, gentlemen and robot. Friendly as a puppy dog, isn't he? He's keeping something from us. But Mask has their secrets, too. We must respect the monks. Antlers of plenty, antlers of Artemis, mysterious horns of old. Without your help, we could not carry out our work and studies all told. Join me, brothers. Antlers, antlers of, Artemis, of Artemis, we, we vow, vow to, to keep your, your secret for eternity. eternity. And, and bless to use your endless help. 
Finally up today is the Artemis Enigma. Hmm. Venom plans to steal a sacred horn from a group of monks that is rumored to detect gold. Oh, God, here we go. Another treasure hunt episode. I know those are your favorite, Mike. Oh, God, seriously. Ugh. Golden antlers from a deer. So they basically hunted down Rudolph. Instead of capturing his red nose, they cut off his antlers turn them into gold, and they magically enhance them to be gold detector. I will say that um, there was one scene, I think it was when the thing shot out of Miles' hand and uh, ended up in the wall. It reminded me of one of those, uh, one of the old Bugs Bunny cartoons where the bull is chasing him. And the bull ended up uh, hitting the wall, and mm-hmm. Bugs is is Bugs is taking the hammer and kind of right, yeah. bashing down his horns. <laughs> I did kind of, I just kind of find that a little funny. Um, this one just, I don't know, man. This, this one isn't that great. I wouldn't even say this is a middle of the road episode. It's not bad. It's not horrible, but it's not. I don't know. What did you think of the overall plot? Overall, I was kind of bored with this one um i was just not that interested in the plot besides it being another gold hunt um Mm -hmm. i i didn't really like the idea of the golden horns of artemis um they were stealing from the monks and the the mountains i mean i mean not that that's you know upsetting to me or anything but just it just didn't seem very interesting um right I, i did like uh that we got to see what the mask well, what the one mask member was doing when she was called Gloria, she was getting coffee, mm-hmm. um, and Alex was already pre-selected. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm like <laughs> you, I didn't hate it, but it's not going to be a favorite. No, not at all. Um, there was a note in the plot section that I wrote down was, did we find out what the plot is yet? And it was like, like the reason why I wrote that down is because usually once they you know, have the location verified as Greece or wherever the hell. Usually as soon as that's said or as soon as, usually as soon as the team is called or selected or whatever, they then go into exposition of what, why they're there. And it was, it took, I don't know, it took them a while for, maybe I just missed it. I don't know. It's like, what are we here for? It's like, seriously, what are we doing here? Why are we wasting all this money, Matt Tracker? Come on. Now. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think you missed it. Uh, I felt the same way, and I felt that way with some of the other episodes. We we talked about this a little bit uh, back, I believe, in episode 15, how it just sometimes takes so long to get to the point of what we're doing this episode. Um, yeah. You know, they just drag it out and as if they want to surprise us, but we know there's going to be venom behind it. Um, yeah. And... You can do other things leading up to that point to make it more interesting, but this one, you're just kind of waiting for things to happen, and I don't know. There's just not a lot there to to move the plot forward. No, not at all. So, 
Let's go turn on the high beams. By Jove, he may have golden horns, but he certainly doesn't run like a deer. All right, for high beams, uh, Alex has a few good one-liners in this episode. So that's that's kind of nice. Um, I wrote this down, and I guess I noticed at one point the cutscenes had gone missing, but my note was the cutscenes are back. Because um, I think there was an episode or two, uh, I didn't mention it in episode 15 or 16, but I believe that there was an episode or two where the thing when Miles or Matt or Alex or Bruce or whoever it is says, you know, Mask will be back after this and so will Venom. There was an episode, I believe, recently where they weren't there. They just faded to black, and then the episode came back, where almost every other episode has those those two cutscenes. So, those are back. Um, the animation in the aerial battle was awesome. I thought that was done really well. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Switchblade's wings got clipped. <laughs> That was funny. Um, and once again, another fire-themed PSA, dumb to play with fire. Well, of course it is dumb to play with fire. Oh, yeah. God, these PSAs. No, I, I agree on the high beam uh, with the awesome uh, perspective of Switch. Yeah, that was yeah, really that, great. Yeah, that was awesome. That was so cool. We had we hadn't seen uh, they've used shots like that before in the series, so it looked pretty cool. And they used a couple of different ones. Yeah, they used a bunch of different ones. Yeah, or at least uh, there were a couple of different scenes where they used that force perspective on the switchblade. It looked real nice. Oh yeah, what did you have for high beams for this one? Uh, the the. Spiders threatening Alex trapped in the canyon. I thought that was cool. Uh, something mm. different in the series. And um, let's see. Oh, oh, there were there was some dialogue between Dagger and Miles that was pretty funny. Um, Dagger says something like, "It's dark in here." Yeah. Miles says, "That's because there is no light." And then he says, "I can't believe you work for me, Dagger." You know. Yeah. Actually, it was uh, it was Miles saying it's dark in here. Yeah, I had it backwards, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty funny because Dagger is just you know he's just so Dagger's aloof. a dummy. Yeah. no, he's not even aloof. He's a dummy. I was trying to be nice. Dagger the dummy, most dull blade in the in the bunch. <laughs> um, anything else for high beams? Nothing else. All right, we're gonna get to the low beams after this. Gold! I always knew I had the Midas touch. All right, time to turn on the low beams. Um, okay, so if Alex was knocked knocked down by Switchblade, wouldn't his fall out of the friggin' sky have killed him? Alex Sector should be dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know you like exotic animals, but this is a bit much. He did he say a bit much or too much? I I can't I couldn't. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, he there's a line. I, I think I think it was Matt or Bruce or somebody says. I know you like exotic exotic animals, but this is much. Yeah. I could I couldn't hear the line. Did he say this is a bit much or too much? 
that, that's just bad sound engineering. Yeah, I, I don't remember which one it was, but I do remember no. that line. Uh, searching for gold and water. Really, Scott and T-Bob? Come on now. And Scott's laugh is so infuriating. Oh, my God. Uh, Scott's laugh is worse than nails on a chalkboard. Really? I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's that bad. I think it's okay. <laughs> I thought it was kind of ironic that I put this in low beams. It's not that I have a problem with it. I just find it ironically funny that Scott is actually following his dad's orders this time around at the close to the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's talk about robots and humans and online dates and birthday. T-Bob is a robot. He is not a human. He does not have a birthday. He has a day where I guess you could say he came online or he was activated, like activation day, fine. But to say that he has a damn birthday, that's ridiculous. Right. And He's not a damn human. That, that he understands that it's his birthday, that he knows what a birthday is, and they're doing all the traditional birthday celebration things. Mm-hmm. That's... That's not necessary. No, not at all. All right, what didn't you like about this one besides that? Some of the things we talked about before, just in general, that uh, it it takes a while to move the plot forward this episode. Um, I'm still not sure I like Alex's mask's powers, Jack Rabbit. I'm not sure I like that he can just dance around in the air I mean, when when he was trying to keep away from Venom, he was just skipping all over the sky. It was just kind of comical. Yeah, it was. So that that's what I have. All right. Uh, for me, this one's going to get a two out of five masks. It's not middle of the road. It It's not outright horrible, but it's not good either. So two out of five for me. What about you? Uh, I'm giving it two and a half masks. Yeah. Because I I didn't hate it. I just was waiting for something to happen, and it just took so long to get there. And there weren't enough highlights during this episode to make it very enjoyable. Yes, and apparently my dog uh, doesn't care about anything we are doing because she's over there throwing the ball at the wall, quite literally. (laughs) So we are going to (laughs) take a break, come back with final thoughts after this. We'll be back. By the power of Grayskull, I command the Jawbridge... Yes, that's right. We have traveled to Eternia to enter Castle Grayskull. Join Optimus Solo and TF2 and Mike as they find themselves telling tales of Eternia. We cover all things He-Man in this 45-episode-long podcast. You can find us on iTunes and www.geekassradio.com. By the power of Grayskull, we all have the power. Pixels in the Animation is the GeekCast Radio Network's video game cartoon review show. We are covering every episode of nine different video game cartoons. Join TV's Mr. Neil and myself, TFG and Mike, as we trek through multiple Mario tunes, Zelda, Captain N, Mega Man, Sonic, 
and we are also driving through Donkey Kong Country. Pixels in the Animation is 100 episodes of video game cartoon goodness, so tune in to help us find the Pixels in the Animation, which you can find every Wednesday on iTunes and www.geekcastradio.com. Matt! Hi, guys. I'm having a swinging time down here. What in the world is going on? Let's get out of here! That's going to do it for another episode of Mass Mayhem. Um, you brought up some trivia off air. What is your trivia, good sir? Well, we had mentioned the writers of the series uh, on one of the previous episodes. Um, mm-hmm. That we had become somewhat frustrated. It seemed like the, the writers on the series weren't quite to the caliber of some of the other shows. So I was just doing some research. Um, I, I paused uh, the end credits on the series, which shows the list of writers and the story editors. And uh, I was looking at some of the writers, and some of the writers do have credits on INDB, and you can see which episodes they wrote. So some of those writers have an extensive career where they've written four shows like Jim, He-Man, um, and other series. And then there are some of the writers, uh, I know there was at least maybe one or two that had very few writing credits. Um, mm-hmm. But the name that caught my attention was Chuck Lorre. And if people don't know, that is the guy who is, uh, he's credited for helping create or creating uh, Dharma and Greg, Two and a Half Men, and The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, on his IMDb though, IMDb though, it, it lists Mask, but it doesn't list which episodes. Yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. They do have a, a long list of some of the writers from the series on IMDb, um, but there are many of them that they don't have listed as what episode they're credited for. Yeah. And he is one of them, as you said. Yeah. But when that's... I first saw his name, I was wondering, is that the same guy? Because that was... You know, the name I'd recognize from some of those shows. Um, mm. And, uh, and yeah, INDB links his name, links that name to, to his profile. Right, yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, overall, the direction of the show, I, I'm not sure if this show has any direction. Like, it just seems to be plot, villain plot of the week. Not even villain of the week, because every episode the villain ends up being Mayhem ends up being Venom or Venom ends up getting away or and then the secondary guy that they hired is the one that gets caught and gets sent to jail I I really don't know what to say about the series so far because at this point it seems like they're just pulling stuff out of their asses yeah there are times when the episodes can be better and more entertaining but we know there's going to be venom behind it. There's, there hasn't been that much variety. And we know that there are other Venom and I think maybe even other mask members that we haven't seen in the series yet. Uh, right. Because I've seen information online of these other characters and vehicles. So maybe we'll get to some of that a little bit later, hopefully, to give us some uh, more yeah, variety. I th- yeah, I, th- I think we do. I think the... I think everything kind of changes close to the end of season one, beginning of season two. Okay. But it's one of those things where... And I know this was made in the '80s. In the '80s, there was no con- hardly any continuity in cartoons. I get that. Okay, well, Jem is probably an exception because Jem did have a strict kind of 65 episode continuity to it. But um, Mask is one of those shows that I guess it felt it was fine going forward with 
um, with the single episode plot of the week. And the reason why I say Mask will never grow is because it doesn't. There is zero character growth for anyone on this cartoon series. Scott and T-Bob never learn their lesson in any episode to this point. Um, they, they just... Matt doesn't... He still constantly, every now and then, will make the same mistake of allowing Scott to go on something as dangerous as one of these missions. Um... We haven't seen Hondo in God knows how long. I think that is rectified next time in episode 18. But it's one of those things where it's like, just... Yeah, this is this is what happens when shows are created just for the purpose of selling toys. You know, we hear this all the time with a lot mm-hmm. of the 80s cartoons that they're just vehicles to sell the toys. They're not good cartoons. They're basically just 20-minute commercials. Okay? Yeah. And and I like Kevin. I know I, you know Kevin has expressed his thoughts on this on uh, on some of the podcasts before. Maybe yeah. not this show. I, I don't remember exactly, but I agree with his feelings on that. That that is not true. I mean that that's just a, a a blanket statement that people throw out there. And I do see where that comes from. But yeah. when you look at a lot of the other shows that were created um, during the '80s to you know quote unquote sell toys. The people working behind those shows were trying to create something entertaining and something that they enjoyed. So, the writers on on shows like He Man, Jim, uh, you know, Muppet Babies, or or Transformers, uh, mm-hmm. Real Ghostbusters, and these other shows, they were still trying to create good, cohesive stories that were entertaining. Oftentimes, paying homage to other media, whether it be films, uh, TV shows right. that they enjoyed, books that they they uh, they had read, um, just pop culture in general. And that's where this show really falls fails. apart. You know, it, it <laughs> fails big time. It doesn't bring those things into the show. One of the things it does do, and I give it some credit for this, is with the globetrotting that they do, um, they do sometimes bring in a little bit of ed- education with teaching kids uh, more about geography and, and some of the culture and sometimes history. And there's a little bit of that coming up in some future episodes, I think, as right. well. But, um, but yeah, that's one of the things I think they miss as a core piece of this show is that you can watch this show and tell immediately it's designed to sell toys. You know, that someone took this idea of it's part Transformers, it's part G.I. Joe, let's sell these toys. And the toys were awesome, but the show... Not so much. No, not really. All right. Thank you for joining us here on Mass Mayhem. There's so ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all the other episode posts. You can uh, do all kinds of new interactive features on GCRN's website as well. Become uh, Send an email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Uh, use the subject line, Mass Mayhem. Leave the show's feedback on iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow at Geekcast Radio for all the other network updates. You can follow me, TFU and Mike. What is your Twitter? At, Toon, at uh, Tim Silvers. Hopefully I get that at Toon Master Tim sometime. Yeah, I never, since, I think I think we talked about that in episode 15 or 16, I forget. Um, I never, I went back and tried to look at that, and I never even saw where they allow you to do it anymore. They might have taken that 
ability to change your name away. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Maybe in know. the future, folks. In the future, yeah. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast radio network. Uh, call the voicemail line and tell us to show you the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mask Mayhem and wish you'll join us next time where we'll be covering two more episodes from Mask Season 1. Those being The Chinese Scorpion and Riddle of the Raven Master. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Tim Silvers. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 